Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so excited to be talking to the fantastic Tahib Jama all about Ted Lasso season three. And I remember with season two that that one of the things that was really important to you with Sam was this kind of build of, of self-confidence and maturity, yeah. especially when it came to his relationship with Rebecca. And I remember you likening it to like Simba and the Lion King during Akuna Matata. But I love that that's been such a continued journey for him in season three and the way that we've gotten to see that evolution continue with him becoming a business owner, opening the restaurant, um, the way that he navigates through trials and tribulations at the restaurant. And so for you, what were a lot of the important beats in terms of that continued journey for him to hit in season three with the storylines you had? Um, do, you, do you know what I felt actually in regards to the restaurant it felt like um, the additional character of, of Simi played br- brilliantly by Precious Mustafa was um, like I think that's what it was for, for me it was like like he then had a crutch in her um, to manage this new thing that he, he had never done before um, yeah I think like yeah the, the restaurant for me like is definitely like a it's kind of like a metaphor for like Sam's maturity in a way um, it's you know like it becomes his home away from home like the AFC Richmond restaurant was his home and now it's this place but um yeah I think opening it is is a I'm trying I'm trying to think of trying to think of how to concisely (laughs) point this down but it's such an emotional thing and such a vulnerable thing to open the space that you know shares your culture and shares you know the food that you grew up eating and and hope that people can come to it and enjoy it um and so like for Sam to go from somebody who like feels like an outcast coming into the dressing room in season one to somebody who feels like he can stand on his own two feet in season two to then somebody who feels like he can bring the dressing room to his own space in season three for me it was huge and I think it yeah it like really just like charts his maturity in a brilliant way. Did it also say a lot to you about the the way that he's kind of really cementing himself and the life that he's built for himself in London you know because it yeah. is his home away from home and he's kind of finding that way to bring a part of Nigeria with him, with the food that he's serving and with what he wants to create through the restaurant, but also even just the way that it is a physical, literal physical sense of like putting down long-term roots and thinking about his career after football. 100%. I think it's, you know, the decision to stay at AFC Richmond at the end of season um, two is manifested in this restaurant. Like it's literally, as you say, it's like literally laying down roots in this new place. And like, that's been Sam's journey from the start is finding a home away from home. And and you know, that's like it's the immigrant experience everywhere. It's like my parents' experience, it's my experience. Um, the idea of like home is home is where you lay your head and and you know you can find family outside of your your real family back home. Um so yeah, like that decision to stay finds itself in the restaurant. And it's a decision to stay in the UK, you know, post AFC Richmond, post football, post, you know, Ted Lasso three, like it's 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 what Sam ends up doing, I think, is is being a business owner and a footballer. And one of the things that people always connect to in terms of Sam is his sense of, of confidence. And I love how much of a, a sense he has of what he brings to the table and what he can contribute mm. and how that kind of serves the way that he presents himself a lot of the time, you know, whether it's Edwin screaming in his face, whether it was the relationship with Rebecca in season two, his relationship with Jamie, um, you know, and so for you, how did you want that side to grow as well? And have there ever been any challenges in making sure that you're presenting that confidence and self-assuredness, but without it ever coming across as cocky, because with Sam, it it never once has veered into that space. I don't think, I don't think it is. I think that's one of the brilliant things about Ted's mentorship with Sam is that like Ted's confidence never feels like you know it's ever arrogance or it's ever cockiness um you know in a way that like presenting yourself as a as a man quote-unquote which Sam grows into um there's so many negative ideas and negative connotations of what that is and, and how being a confident assured man presents and how that looks like and um 
and yeah, I mean, it was never, it never felt like there was any point where it felt like we were in danger of doing that with Sam. I think part of the messages that you get from the whole of the show and from Ted specifically is that there's like, there's something brilliant in that quiet confidence and in the way that he runs the restaurant, you know, like Simi is in charge of that restaurant. It's as much her restaurant as it is his. And, and I think part of his strength is, is knowing that, you know, like the best leaders, um, uh, the best leaders delegate and, and they like, they give, they give power to others. Um, and there's no part of him that walks into that restaurant and feels like he has to be the boss. Um, it, 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 yeah, I think that's, for me, like that's how we um, manifest his confidence and his self-assuredness. Like it never feels like he's out of control or he feels anxious or insecure about like his place in the team or his place at the restaurant. I think there's something about that quiet confidence that, that Ted has and, and that Jason, you know, does brilliantly that, that I think Sam has inherited. And so for me, that was the main thing. Um, if ever it felt like he could just like stand and be himself and be, be true to himself, then like, I think that's the, that's the display of confidence that, that, that we need and that all young men need, I think. And with the fact you were bringing up Simi at the restaurant and their relationship dynamic, there's this really beautiful kind of quiet language that starts to develop between them and the scenes that you have together, you know, and to the point where when his dad comes to visit, he's already told his dad about this person that he works with that he really, really has feelings for. Um, And so how did you set about finding what you wanted that, that kind of quiet, romantic, flirtatious relationship between them to look like? Yeah, I think it was always a slow burner, Um, even in the way that it was written like early on in the episodes like it's, it's you know really lightly teased like it's you know we get like Simi feeding Sam food and and stuff like that and I think you know I was speaking to Destiny about it who directed um directed that episode when we first see Sam at the restaurant um it, and we never wanted it to be over we never wanted like the beginning of their relationship to seem um like like she wasn't hired because Sam fancied her. She was hired because she was the best chef and, and she cooks brilliant food. And I think the attraction just comes out of the fact that they're pretty much the same person. And, you know, like that restaurant is a safe place for Sam and it's especially safe because of Simi. And, um, and I think a lot of that, you know, shared language of like looks and eye contacts and physical gestures and nudges and, and quiet, playful banter comes from, you know, like mine and Precious's relationship, Like she's such a brilliant actor and scene partner. And, and it's never hard to, to have any of those like sparks with her because um, yeah, a lot of that just felt like it came naturally. Um, some of it was in the scripts, um, but a lot of it was also just, you know, put us in a restaurant and <laughs> we've got all our utensils and, and, um, and it felt, yeah, it felt rich. It felt like, even though they'd only known each other for, like a couple of a couple of months, um, whatever it is, it feels like there's a real shared, like rich, like tapestry of like a history between the two of them, and that just comes from sharing a culture. And with him running the restaurant and opening it, we see at the beginning that that idea of perfectionism, and it's it's not something new for him as a character. And you know that that beautiful speech in the the locker room when he's really frustrated after the vandalism, and he talks about you know everybody mm. loves me for playing football, but the moment that I do something wrong, they want to ship me back to where I came from. And it's it's something that we've seen in the Premier League, we've seen in the World Cup, and so he's kind of always had to hold himself to a really really high standard. Um, and it was really lovely to watch him. Have have that relationship change in terms of I've realized I don't need everything to be perfection and that's okay. Mm. Um, And so once he kind of had that revelation in the series, how did that change the way that you were thinking about his demeanor and the way he was approaching things in certain scenes? I think there's, there's an anxiety that anybody has when they don't really feel secure in where they are. And I think especially like if you feel like an outsider and if you've always been an outsider, there's an anxiety that you have to present in such a way that 
um, you can always be accepted. And I think Sam's had that from the beginning, you know, especially, you know, like if anybody who's been bullied, like when they were younger, like has that, has that feeling. And like, you know, like Sam, Sam was really badly bullied at the, the start of the first season with, with Jamie. And I think that anxiety like always follows you. And, and so I think that outburst coming into the, into the change room, A, again, is just like an, a perfect example of that change room being a safe space for him because he can come in and he can let all of that go. It's the first time we really see Sam properly, properly lose his shit. And I think he knows that he can do that because he's around his family. But um, I, in a way, like I think the best thing about that moment and that episode is that that anxiety slowly leaves him. Um, he, he understands that you don't need to be perfect. I think that's the entire story of Ted Lasso is like you can be broken and, and you can be put back together and, and, and what you get after that is just as beautiful as what you had before. And I think Sam gets that in his own, his own little way. Um, it, yeah. The idea that you don't have to be perfect is, is like a release of pressure of, of, of a burden, I guess. Um, like when you're truly around people that you can feel safe around that you, you don't, you don't need to present. I think for him after episode seven, he kind of takes that mask off a little bit. And, um, and what we have is him and his true self. And I think, so then when we see him in that restaurant and Edwin's, you know, <laughs> um, Sam Richardson is brilliantly um, um, just like throwing a tantrum at him. And in every, like in every respect, he should probably bite. I think part of knowing that like, he doesn't need to impress Simi or he doesn't feel like less of a man in front of her because this, you know, grown ass man is like yelling childish insults at him and doing funny voices. Um, I think that, like that's part of like that self-assuredness that we spoke about that season one Sam definitely wouldn't have had and season two Sam might not have had. Um, but once you get to a place where you're like, all right, cool, like I'm settled and I feel safe, then I don't think there's any need to present. There's no, um, yeah, there's none of that with Sam. And I feel like, yeah, a lot of young men don't really have that license to just like let go of that and just be still and, and be assured in themselves. And, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah, eternally grateful that we gave that to Sam. Uh, you know. Because he, he is such a, a joyful character as well. And he's always so positive about everything but I've also heard you you say that you know off there are times where that's at a cost and that comes from previous pain you know and there is mm. that thing like if I create an energy of positivity then people can't break that down and bring me down um and so for you what have been some of the the ways in which you've wanted him to be very genuinely positive but you've also looked at that other side of where does it manifest from in certain instances that this is his this is his way of kind of navigating through situations as well I'm sorry, say that again. I didn't quite, I didn't quite. Just I mean, kind of like that. the the positivity that, that he exudes yeah. being something that's like very genuine, but also there being moments where it does probably come from like that previous pain in his life because it sometimes yeah. does come from, from negative moments to navigate through situations in that way. Yeah, I think it's definitely a defense mechanism, you know, like even from early on in the first season, like, like a lot of the stuff that he gets from Jamie, like he just kind of brushes off and kind of carries on and moves away from. And, and there's a strength in that. I think there's a strength in being able to just like, you know, maintain that veneer of positivity and keep that mask up. But you do also get like dig that a little bit um, and it does stay and that stuff stains you in a bit, um, in a way. And um, yeah, I think you grow with it. We don't, I remember saying to, to Joe, one of our writers in season two, like I really want to see him lose his, like, lose his shit a little bit. Um, and he actually sent me a postcard when we were writing season three. And the postcard just said, Sam, mad as hell. <laughs> and that turned into what we got in episode seven. But yeah, I think any of those characters, that's the story of Ted Lasso. Any of these characters that seem like they have it all together usually are holding down some kind of 
um, like like pain or frustration, like all of the stuff that all of us have, like it's there. And so that, that positivity can sometimes be a mask. And as much as I believe that that's just his personality and that's just his outlook and that's how he sees the world, um, that is also a target thing that you have to constantly tell yourself. And so as much as it is masking his pain, I think part of it is also like the way he was raised, you know, like I think his dad is somebody who would have like given him those tools before he ran into, into Ted. Um, I think meeting him, you kind of get the sense that like Sam is somebody who, yeah, don't fight back, fight forward is probably something that he's heard a lot um, or, or some kind, some different iteration of that, of that sentiment is something that he's heard a lot. And so I feel like in those times when somebody is threatening to break through the veneer of that positivity, then, um, then yeah, like you fall back on, on like the lassoisms that you've heard or you fall back on the, on the dad advices that you've heard. And, and, and I think that's how he keeps going until you run into episode seven and somebody's vandalized your restaurant and then like anybody does you do need to like blow steam a little but I also think that the directing is in the show is so great at kind of capturing those little inflections like the moment where Sam finds out he hasn't been picked and he's not going to play for Nigeria and Mm. Jamie comes over to ask if he's okay and then the camera just kind of captures him when he turns around and that kind of the moment where the mask falls and so did you find that the camera gave you a lot of opportunity to capture those little inflections yeah because they're not spoken I don't think like Sam he isn't he isn't the type to go and give his problems to other people and like you know if he has any flaw I think it's probably that like it's this idea that he has to remain strong um but I think little moments like that um I think that's a great thing I'm doing a play at the moment and so like I'm really just the differences between the mediums like that's something you can do in tv that sometimes you can't really do in in you know like theater in the in the exact same way having a moment to just turn around and the camera staying on us as opposed to cutting back to Jamie um is 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 wonderful and so yeah in that moment it hurts and it's painful and it's not it's not an easy conversation to have to tell somebody that you feel insecure because you might not be good enough and and at that point he doesn't know that it's Edward's doing and so there's a part of him that just feels really upset it's a big dream of his and to not get that call up when he's had the best season of his life is 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 huge and we get all of that in in one camera change and one shot, subtle shift. And, and I think that's brilliant. We get a similar thing in season two when he's just about to put the tape on where like you just get him like flicker over and look at his parents. And I think little moments like that, um, yeah, like I think it's, it's great. Like you see the three the three dimensionality of, of, of Sam. Um, he is positive and I think he does have a great outlook, but he's also a human being that experiences pain and disappointments and anxieties. And, and to get to to show that in such a, a subtle um, way is, is brilliant. And, and I think, yeah, hats off to the directing. And, and to your point as well, he doesn't know at that point that Edwin has literally paid $20 million as a bribe yeah. to the Nigerian government to ensure that he doesn't play on the team, which is yeah. pretty extreme as Edwin yeah. always is. Um, but I also yeah. love that there's kind of a callback to the fact that he just kind of stands there as like an emotional wall. And to your point, it's like, mm. He could, he could bite back, but it also harkens back to when he told Edwin that he wasn't going to leave AFC Richmond, he kind of mm-hmm. just like internalized it as well. And so did you want it to be reminiscent of the first oh, yeah. time that he was in front of him and he was, you know, kicking yeah, up a storm? Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's a show of maturity, you know, like Edwin is a grown ass man, he has everything he probably ever wants in life. You know, he's a billionaire, he's rich as hell. And, and for some reason is also capable of being extremely petty, childhood, childish, you know, like narcissistic. And on the flip side, you have this, you know, 22 year old Nigerian kid who's, who's like a lot more emotionally mature than, than Edwin is. And so I, I think the, the difference between the two of them and how they've grown up in the way they 
seen the world comes out in that scene. You get one of them who's, you know, like just throwing, literally like in the next two episodes, he'll be throwing Jalof Rice at like a bunch of people. And, um, and Sam is like, yeah, he's a lot more emotionally mature and, and can kind of absorb it. And so, yeah, those two scenes are parallels with each other. And it's tough. I think the first one is, is Sam saying, I don't want to do something and, and standing in that and, and kind of taking it. And the second one is him dealing with the consequences of his actions. Like powerful people don't usually take no. Um, they don't take being told no, lying down. And, and I think that's another thing that I thought was important to speak about. We had so much of Sam dealing with um, like really charged political issues in season two. And I felt like in season three, like you, ha you had to see some of the consequences of that. It's one of the things that I, I really wanted us to talk about. And I messaged, messaged some of our writers about it. And, and I loved it coming out in that way. Um, but I think it's okay. And I think that's part of why he can just stand there and take it because it can't hurt him anymore. You know, there's nothing Edwin can really do that can like damage him. Um, of course, it's such to not be on the Nigerian national team, but I think Sam wouldn't go back and, and take back what he did. He wouldn't go back and like go and play for, for like I think part of that silence is knowing you know what I I can live with this if this is the payback for for like standing up for myself and for doing stuff that I believe in then I think I'm cool um, I think if that scene had carried on if you had stayed with Sam after the you know the the failed handshake with with Francis I think you would have seen Simi hold his hand and I think that would have been enough. And, and in talking about the locker room scene as well, it's just, it's really astonishing kind of like all the different emotional spaces that you take him in such a short space of time in that scene. The fact that he comes in and he physically shoves Isaac out of the way, which is so uncharacteristic for him. And then we mm. see him in tears in front of his team. And then just the way that he melts when he looks over and sees that his dad's there. And so what, what were the challenging aspects of filming a scene like that, that was so charged and so loaded for him? Oh man. Um, I think the challenging thing was just trying to have some kind of authentic response to the material that I was given. Um, that scene was charged for me for so many different reasons. Like I, I, yeah, like as a black kid in the UK, like I felt that feeling. Um, and like, we all felt that feeling when, when, you know, Marcus Rashford and Bukayo Saka and Jaden Sancho missed those penalties in the, in the Euros. Um, and so I knew that moment was, yeah, it was going to be charged for a lot of people who were watching it. Um, I think one thing that Jason said to me that I thought was really important was he knows that this is, he knows that they can take it. He knows that they can handle it. Um, and so he can come into that room and he can do whatever he wants because he knows that his family are there and they'll hold him regardless of how messy this outburst is. And so I think that, you know, like if I walk in and I, and I barge collar on the shoulder, collar plays Isaac, if I barge him on the shoulder, he can take it. Um, and they will accept it. And I think that's why he can, he can just lay it out for the first time in three seasons. Um, and so, yeah, I think the challenges, the challenges with it are just that, yeah, it's, it's just such a big moment. And it's one that everybody knows. Like if you've ever felt like an outsider, you know what that moment is. And so he's frustrated and he's really angry, but I think the important thing to hold on to was that anger was like an anger as a, as a result of pain and like, at the heart of it, like his inner child just feels really fragile and, and he just wants to be hugged by his dad more than anything. So that shoulder barge is, is an expression of that. Um, the tears are an expression of that. And ultimately his dad does come in and you do get to see, you know, baby Sam just like go and, and hug his dad, which is the one thing that he wants more than anything. Um, so yeah, those beats were important, but 
we did that we did that scene so many flipping times tomorrow like literally like i do that i hunt Lonzo, i go out we go we do it again just do it do it over and over and over again and we had so many different iterations of it but i think the version that we ended up with was the most true and the language that we had was the most true like we improvised it there were so many times that we did different different things like it, it just the version of it where you know i could miss a penalty i think like that that was the version of it that, that i I enjoyed the most. I'm glad that we went with that version. But, um, but yeah, I thought the beats were clear. Um, and and I'm really, yeah, I watched that scene and I go, I I have felt like that. And I hope anybody who has felt like that can feel that. And more importantly, that they can, yeah, like find in the same way that Sam does, find people that can hold him in that situation. And the scene right after with his dad is such a beautiful moment between the two of them and you and Nonzo Nozi, who, who plays Ola in the show, his dad just have this immense sense of like history and closeness in that moment. And even the detail mm. of his dad lean- with his arm around him, pinching his ear, which goes back to something that Sam told Ted yeah. about, Oh, he used to pinch my ears for good luck in season one. Um, you know, it just gives us that sense of like these characters that are so lived in. And so how did the two of you make sure that, you know, even just like the physical language of a scene like that really captured all of that? Oh man. Um, I think Lonzo is just a brilliant actor. Um, it's not, it's not an easy thing to just like plug yourself into a show that's been running for for, for, for three years and and just swim. Um, it was very easy. Um, Nonzo was someone that like I felt really comfortable with anyway, and and so a lot of that was intuitive. Uh, that there was never any point where it was like, oh, can I do this? Can I like? It just felt like we knew what it was, um, especially in a moment that's that charged. I think you you just have to be an empathetic human being and. And understand like the archetypes of the characters that we're playing and and the rest of it just kind of sang and the text the material we had was great um and and so yeah a lot of it was just it's yeah it's very intuitive um very intuitive with Nonzo like it wasn't hard work at all um I will say though the first time I tried to hug him Nonzo's huge first time I tried to, I tried to like do like an over over hug and we did it in rehearsal and I was like I think I'm gonna go for an underhug. Because <laughs> like, not was a big guy that kind of like jumped on him. It was like I was trying to climb a wall. But um yeah, no, the, I think the physical language of it like came really easy to us. He's he's yeah. Anyone who works with Nonzo will know that it's not an easy thing to feel like you feel safe around him and feel safe in his arms. Um yeah, and feel safe with him on screen as a scene partner. Um he's awesome. And there's an extension of, of that at the restaurant together as well when his dad's like, okay, I'm going to cook dinner for everyone. And, you know, we see that sense of like food and camaraderie and community that Sam's been raised with. And I love mm. the moment with the two of you just in the kitchen cooking together and dancing. Um, yeah. and was it was that kind of always the beat of that scene? Like, okay, they're chopping vegetables and they're dancing in the kitchen. Was that something that was written in the script or something that the two no. of you found together? Dancing, uh, cooking in the kitchen together was, was always going to be the end of that episode. It was one of the things that I really wanted so I made like a list of stuff that I asked for basically for season three and kind of got all of them. And, and Sam cooking with his dad together in the restaurant was was one of them. And um, and the dancing was just it came up. We had music playing on the day and it was just something that just, again, intuitively happened. And um, and um, and yeah, we went with it like it was a, it was an offer. A yes and and, and it, I thought it was a brilliant way to, to end the episode so yeah that, that happened intuitively and, and that was again like just it's easy to work with someone like Nonsa because he's brilliant and he offers brilliant stuff. So if you if you had a list of things that you really wanted for Sam in season three and it was you know that those moments with his dad getting yeah. to see him finally lose it a little bit and get really angry yeah. what what else was on that tick list for you for season three? Um, I think I think going like 
I really wanted Sam to wear the armband, um, but in a way that didn't take it away from Isaac. Um, and I think we found a brilliant way to do that. My offer was, you know, like Isaac would get like athletes for or something and have to miss a match and, and then Sam would be captain, but we went with something a bit richer. <laughs> so, um, so there was that. I wanted him to find love, whether that was Rebecca or whether that was somebody else. I think that's something that I felt like was important for him. And so that was there. I wanted him to deal with the consequences of the Dubai Air stuff, like just to for it to not just go away. Um, so that happened. Um, oh, what else was on my list? I can't remember. Um, what was happening? Yeah, those were some of the main. I can't remember if there's anything else. But I do remember everything just kind of happening in some way. But yeah, those were like the main ones. I think those are the main ones. Finding love, um, Nigeria national team as well. I was like, if that's if it's gonna be the end, then I just feel like that that needs to be there as well. But yeah, I should find that list actually. It's probably in my WhatsApp chats with Joe somewhere. But um. But I think I also wanted him like a moment for his master slip and for him to not like just have the strength to carry all of it by himself. Um, so, yeah, and I, I got most of it. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Success. It's a pretty good list. And, and with, the, with the moment where he gets the captain banned from Isaac, it's it's again, it's just like that that build and momentum of the character in a different way because, you know, immediately Jamie Tart's kind of quietly mouthing, like, do you think <laughs> I should have it? And he just gives him the finger in a way that yeah. wouldn't have happened if that had gone down in season one and he really yeah. takes ownership of it but then it's the most sam thing that when they come in for a huddle instead of just being like you know let's go richmond or anything like that he's like i love you guys so much and he wants to use yeah. that moment to tell everyone um and so for you what did when you read that script kind of how did that grow the character for you of like you know he knows that this is his place to wear the captain band and he knows that he's stepped up as a leader enough already to this point yeah, I think I think it's a thing of, you know, if he never wore that armband, I think he'd, he'd also feel like he was one of the leaders on the team. Like he'd already been given that respect and that privilege. Like, you know, Ted says that to him in season two, like you're one of the leaders on this team, like your voice matters and your opinions are important. Um, but like having like finally getting that moment, I think it's just a full circle thing. Like when he started, he just was complete. He was an outsider. He was completely hadn't found his place. And so I think getting that armband for everybody to look at him and be like, lead us out for Jamie to steal his thunder a little bit. Um, the whole thing had like, it had a reference, but also wasn't, you know, we didn't like, we didn't take ourselves too seriously with it. Like he has the armband on and kind of forgets his captain. And, and do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's important, but also like if he wasn't wearing that armband, like I, it'd be just as important to him that he already feels like a leader on the team. And like that, they could have gone to Jamie. Like Jamie's another candidate that could have been captain. Um, but it's not, do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not it's not the, the important thing. I think the important thing is that he feels like he's a part of this team regardless. He does get that one moment. And in that one moment, he chooses to tell everybody that he loves them. Um, I think it's the most sad thing that you could do. Um, that speech probably would have carried on as well, by the way, if Jamie doesn't interrupt him. It probably would have been like a long, drawn out thing about how he loves everybody and why he loves everybody specifically, uh, individually. Um, but, but yeah, I love that moment. I thought it was great. And I thought it was also great to see how the Jamie and Sam relationship had grown um yeah it's brilliant I think it's brilliant there's so many full circles in season three I think that's one of them like Sam becoming captain feeling like he's a part of the team but also the fact that him and Jamie feel like equals and they feel like brothers now um which is awesome and also in talking about Sam and Rebecca in season three um you know there's kind of this this unspoken language between the two of them because people around them still don't know about the relationship that they had in season two <laughs> yeah. and, and everything that that connected them 
And, you know, I love just little moments and inflections, like the way that he turns to look at her when they're watching You've Got Mail, because it also mirrors their relationship and how they came together, not knowing they were messaging e- each other, you know, but then there's still the, the, how do we move around each other? Like when she is saying, I'm so sorry that you didn't get picked for the Nigerian team. And, you know, as he's leaving, he kind of ends up awkwardly fist bumping her shoulder because he just doesn't know what to do with his hands and his body. And so how did you want it to be something where there's still this kind of really sweet connection between them and there's moments like that, but then there are also those very natural moments of how do I behave around you now? What is this space between us? Yeah, I think the important thing with the Sam and Rebecca thing always was like they like they have a connection and that connection isn't just romantic. It isn't, you know, it's just a a like-mindedness of I care about you and you care about me. And so like that could be a friendship. It could be a romance. It could be anything, but the most important thing is that bond. And secondly, is that their relationship will forever be, you know, like lovingly stained with the romance that they had in season two. And so every time they look at each other, like there still is a little bit of that shared history there. Like at no point will it ever go back to, I own the team and you play for the, the team. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it, it always had to feel like every time they looked at each other, there was a, like, it was always in the air and the memory of it was in the air and the love that they have for each other, um, platonic or romantic is always going to be there. Um, but also I think one of the things that I love the most about the Sam and Rebecca relationship is how like Rebecca also doesn't know how to behave with Sam when she sees him. And so like, she kind of can be like a little girl again in, in a weird way, you know? Um, and, and I love that. I think, I think it's awesome. <laughs> and and I always I also just really enjoyed it. Like we didn't have that many opportunities to to like be around each other, but like the little opportunities that we did get, like the look in the restaurant, um, like her being a little bit jealous of him speaking with Simi and and yeah, like the the look in the when when they're watching the film. I think moments like that are just yeah, like it's always gonna be there. Um I think even in the uh like the, the final scene where they're at the barbecue and um, she's with a uh, pilot guy, um, handsome, handsome Dutch pilot guy who um, um, I'm fine with. I'm fine. I'm fine that they end up together. I'm fine with that. Um, like there's, I think there's still, there's still always going to be like a little frisson between the two of them. Um, and I don't think that frisson is necessarily romantic. I think it's just a spark of like, I, I'd like they will always really love each other. Um, and I think that's, that's brilliant. It is. And and also you were bringing up before that, that kind of sense of brotherhood that he now has with Jamie that's mm. miles apart from where they were with each other at the beginning of season one. And even just the fact that in their final match of the season, the final match of the show, it's, you know, Jamie sacrificing himself so that Sam gets to take the winning goal and have that victory mm. moment. And then when you see everybody running onto the pitch, we see the two of you together kind of jumping up and down with each other first and foremost. Um, and so what did that mean to Sam for you in order to have Jamie be the person that creates that setup and then for it to mean so much for them to come together in that moment as well? I think it's, it's trust, it's trust. Like, I think a lot of the reason why Jamie, you know, was like really mean to Sam in the beginning was like, he would just not trust him to like take that shot. Um, and, you know, like Jamie always felt like he was the best player on the team, so I should take that shot. And and I think that's that's the thing that I've really liked the most about their relationship is they got to a point where they just really trusted each other. Like when Jamie asks for the tape in season two to, to you know put across his shirt, there's a part of him that's like, oh, what? Like, why are you do? What do you think you're doing? Why are you doing this? Um, but throughout the season, like what's grown between them is just like a trust for one another. And as much as there's also like a bit of a rivalry with Sam, and I feel like he has to like constantly try and match up to Jamie, it gets to a point in the in the end where 
it feels like they're on the same page for the like finally and and um i think the fact that jamie can do that and draw three guys away so sam takes the final shot is like the epitome of what the lasso way is about you know i mean it's like trust your trust your brother and 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 yeah like do whatever you got to do to make the team team work and make the team sing and it should be jamie who takes that shot he's the best player on the team but because he's the best player on the team he's also the best person to divert three other players away you know um and i yeah i thought it was awesome and phil's somebody that i like i love dearly um he came to watch my play the other day um and he's yeah he's a brilliant scene partner a brilliant generous gorgeous man and um i think a lot of our relationship also comes out in the sam and jamie relationship like it's hard for it not to um so yeah i love that i love that moment i think it again is full circle complete full circle for sam for jamie I, I just absolutely love everything that you've brought into this character over these three seasons. And so mm. I'm so grateful for, you know, getting to have this conversation and even just like hearing the way that you talk about him is always so beautiful. So thank you so much to heap. Oh, Mara, thank you so much. I always really enjoy our chats. Um, I'm sorry you don't have like more time to speak with each other, but like it's yeah, always brilliant. I think it's such a wonderful interview and I love this in creative company. I love these chats and um, yeah, here's to many more. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs>